do you live your life like tomorrow matters? Perhaps you're already growing food, consuming less, connecting with your community. Perhaps you're already thinking hard, keen to see the world a little slower, greener, healthier. But where to begin? Here on the Future Studying Podcast, we dig deep into the hearts and minds of blissfully normal people doing bloody amazing things, unearthing their moments of contradiction, their hopes and fears for the future, and what galvanises them to action, in the name of inspiring all of us to do a little more in shaping a better future today. I'm Katie. And I'm Jade. And this is Future Steady. Thank you so much for tuning in to our very first episode. It's a short, sweet and personal combo. Just Jade and I chewing the fat. We share who we are, what we believe in, what the heck Future Steady means, and some juicy series spoilers. And we hope this puts a little context around the voices in your ears. We also have two more episodes available right now for you to devour. One with the incredible Sadie Crestman from Fat Pig Farm and another with our all-time girl crush Rebecca Sullivan, aka Granny Skills. Be sure to check them out. All right, thanks so much for being here. Enjoy! Jade is a regenerative farmer, local food advocate, business builder and mum of three chillins. When she isn't growing her own food, she's totally preoccupied with bringing about genuine change and empowerment for small communities. She backs her belief through her writing. There's a book on the way, also called Future Steading, due out in 2021. Public speaking, working with schools and delivery of their workshop series at Black Barn Farm. Her days are built around simple rituals and subtle shifts in season. She's slowly learning not to overcommit, but is beyond excited to be building the barn and planting the last of the berry rows in the Yupik orchard at Black Barn Farm over the next 12 months. Jade quiets her ludicrously loud internal monologue by heading into the bush, breathing hard and keenly observing all the teeny tiny things around her. Katie, well, Katie is a writer, a naturopath and a volunteeraholic. While working in healthcare, she kept banging on to her clients about the importance of things like soil, regenerative farming and nose-to-tail eating until she realised she didn't actually have the foggiest about how to grow food. So she ditched the city and went to Tassie to help out on farms, met her meat and celebrate the people who fed her. Since then, she's suffered quite a serious addiction to volunteering, which she does between running a freelance communications business, nerding out on herbal medicine and hanging out with Greyhound Dave. She's not entirely sure what the future holds, but reckons the attempt to cultivate a better one is a pleasure in itself. I'll give a really quick rundown on future steading. So it's a, it's a completely concocted concept that kind of is born from the concept of homesteading. Homesteading in Australia is a relatively misunderstood or unknown concept and the truth of it is that not that many people can truly homestead because life in the bush is harder than people think and it's more expensive than people think and most people are sort of attracted to an urban existence. And so, so rather than assuming that the only way we think to move forward on kind of changing the globe or the paradigm that we're all living in is to live on land – we have decided that a, a better concept is to think about living today like tomorrow matters. And so that means that even those that are living with kids in an apartment in the city can truly make a difference if they just change the lens that they look through a little. And so it's a really simple stuff that we all do. It's finding joy in less. It's finding ways to connect with the natural world. It's really considering the food that you eat. It's thinking about cooperative approach rather than corporate approach. You know, it's kind of all of that summarised, but what we really don't want to do is get so bogged down in the earnestness of it all that we forget to have fun along the way and we forget to find joy in those simple things. And so 
it's kind of a, a take on permaculture, kind of a take on um, regenerative existence and a take on homesteading. It's sort of a combination of all three. We actually met while I was aforementioned volunteering at Black Barn <laughs> Farm. Myself and my partner George and my four-legged furry man Dave rocked up in my blue Subaru at Jade's Gate and she was busily dusting the loft for us to inhabit for the next seven or so weeks. And I just remember feeling an instant connection with Jade and that she was someone I could just be my baddie self with and have a laugh with, but also <laughs> was this repository of amazing information that I just wanted to extract and revel in and relish. And so we had a really amazing time being there. Very first woofers actually at Black Farm You Farm. were. You set us off into a whole other world. Yeah, you were the most amazing first woofers, but it set the benchmark very high. <laughs> We had a beautiful meal of frittata and this amazing well, garden you remember what we salad. cooked. Absolutely. You'd just gone out and foraged for kale and you'd added some pepita seeds from the, the co-op. We really loved that. Uh, and we loved having you because you bought this fresh uh, curiosity that so few people seem to have. You're quite comfortable not to have the answers to things. You're quite comfortable for us not to have the answers to things. You knew you were our first wolfers, so we were all kind of learning together and it really was a beautiful seven weeks and I've often written about how woofers are this superpower and it's not because they get work done but it's because they live with you and they become quite intimately connected to you and then forevermore you've got these beautiful soulmates that are somewhere in the world and you know you're on the same page you've worked towards a unified vision and you can call on them. So I'm based in Stanley, which is in northeast Victoria and I live with my husband and my three kids as we mentioned and I live on just over 20 acres and we run a regenerative heirloom fruit orchard that will one day be open for pick your own. So we've only four years in. We did 10 years of research beforehand and we're four years into what we hope will be a lifetime legacy and then hopefully either our children or maybe Katie and George, if we can convince them to take it on, someone, and continue to be stewards of land that has been regenerated to be a rich, biodiverse environment of food production that other people can come and connect with because there's a six-month pick-your-own season right from berries through to cherries and pears and apples across a hundred or more different varieties. So I'm at home with the kids and I'm homesteading and then I do my book and these podcasts and uh, quite a bit of public speaking. Um, But the life that I lead is one that has kind of done full circle. I grew up as a permi kid and I grew up on land and I grew up with the idea of trading rather than buying and deep commitment to community being pretty integral and growing the vast majority of our food. And often my dad, who was an artist, used to paint in the studio and lock us outside. So we had this really innate understanding of the different seasons across the year. And I knew that's what I wanted for my children. And um, we grow the vast majority of our own food. And what we don't grow, we swap or we buy through our local food co-op. So I'm going to kind of bring to this podcast that kind of lens. But I'm really aware that that's not everyone's reality and in fact the vast majority of people might have rosy ideals and lofty concepts of life in the bush it's really hard work it's beautiful but it's pretty relentless and it's a slog and so it's not for everybody and I know also that you know financially that's not always accessible and um, from a work perspective sometimes people find it hard to juggle the 
the commitment to a job that is in the city. And so it's actually not realistic to imagine that everybody is homesteading. And so that's where we came up with this concept of future steading. So that's where I come from. But Katie is in a really different bag. Mm, Yes. So I'm a confused millennial and (laughs) (laughs) I've been interested in farming for the longest time because I'm a real glutton. I love food. I've always Mm. just had that as a a really special part of my day and it's a part of everyone's day and I love delicious food and I made the connection really early on that the people who grow my food and the conditions that grew my food and the soil all contribute to my health and my enjoyment and I felt kind of bad living in the city and not celebrating the people who were putting in the hard yards to feed me this amazing stuff. Mm. And so when I was a naturopath and I was really fortunate to um, fall in with people in Sydney who were super enlightened and ahead of their time in many ways in the health industry to join the dots for me between the source of my food and the health of my body and mind. Mm. (laughs) So I really quickly learned that the soil was what was most important, but we were so, so very removed from that in our beautiful apothecary in Paddington with lots of glossy, (laughs) shiny people walking through the door and wanting pills and supplements and potions and a diet plan. And that's not a fault of anyone's, but it's a culture that we live in that is disconnected from our food system, but also wants a black and white prescription for health. And so I felt a deep disconnect and what's the opposite of resonance? Whatever the opposite of resonance is, Mm, I didn't vibe. Fatigue. Yeah, I was tired. I got Mm. tired and jaded and I was so young, too young to be jaded. So I thought, bugger this, I'm preaching what I don't practice. And so I packed up my car, left my, not many worldly possessions, but just crossed the Bass Strait, went down to Tassie, and I knew I just had to understand the source of my food and get get a bit dirty. And I got very dirty. I worked on farms all over Tassie and killed killed chooks and sent pigs to the abattoir and ran around like a sheepdog and slept in (laughs) apple sheds and was ferociously cold and stiflingly hot and sweaty and had the time of my life for about six months and have pretty much from then continued to jump in wherever I can on farms and just absorb, absorb how we produce food and how farmers live. And then it's given me a real appreciation Mm -hmm. that it is a bloody hard slog, which is why I haven't attempted to do it myself. So at the moment, I'm actually in the city, which feels a little at odds with where I've come from in Tassie, which I eventually moved back to and sought out a more rural existence and alternative existence through house sitting and volunteering. But That was also at the expense of community and connection. So I found myself Mm. back in Melbourne and my partner and I are making the most of our urban context in finding a really strong community in our area and in our street and people doing creative and amazing and innovative Mm. things within a limitation of concrete. Mm. And so I'm really excited to be future steading in our small home with flatmates and a limited budget and putting all these things into practice that may typically be seen as a rural kind of philosophy Um, and I think that that challenge is really exciting. So Mm. there's lots of contradictions and hypocrisy in my current existence but I'm really trying to push through my over-analysis and busy mind and just be human be human and be simple and be slow Mm. in a busy, busy city. And find joy. There is so much joy and there's so much to be hopeful for still. Yes. So Mm. we live on quite a little income because we're both pursuing creative my partner and I are creative paths and passions and trying to work with people with integrity. So we're mm. seeing how frugal we can get in the context of a lot of wealth around us and we reckon it's possible. So we're, we're going to continue on that path that 
the Future Setting podcast feels like a great way to connect with lots of people doing extraordinary things and even ordinary people doing extraordinary things, yeah. which is everyone. Which is everyone. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Everyone's ordinary in their own backyard and they're extraordinary in their own backyard. Yep. So I think it's really important to remember that all of us are on a journey. And there's a few really strong themes that come through in our podcast series one because we've got 10 others that we've interviewed in addition to the one of us. What are some themes that you've seen? Yeah, well, I think everybody that we've had on has been really diverse, dynamic. They've come from slightly different backgrounds with slightly different reasons and slightly different causes. But um, there's no doubt there have been some really strong similar themes. And for me, I reckon the strongest would be people's sense of community, which is a little bit different for everybody, but everyone has acknowledged that community has been a really critical part of their journey and their confidence building and their sense of solidarity and their knowledge sharing and their learning. So yeah, I think community has been really key. I think the other thing has been that we've had some really unusual backgrounds. Lots of people have come from places where they've had to learn to be a strong individual in their own right because of their childhoods or their interesting upbringings. What else? I think a lot of people have enjoyed but also somewhat grappled with the question of cause versus capitalism. That really seems to hit people right Mm. in the solar plexus because I think Mm -hmm. we all really struggle with a system that isn't set up to facilitate pursuing our passions that is then financially viable. But what I think has been a really common trend in the folks we've interviewed is they have sacrificed, I guess, for their cause, but they've reframed Mm. the sacrifice as that's actually something they're really comfortable with and they do enjoy Mm. a life of less and it is less and they're not Mm. trying to have all the things that we say are hallmarks of success. Mm. So they've redefined success and what they need to to thrive and survive. So there has been concessions that they've made for their cause, mm. but that's Yeah, not less is less has thing. definitely been a strong theme mm, and a totally. theme that everybody has embraced. Because in the beginning we were saying, you know, less is more and that's kind of the cliche that you see around a bit at the moment. But it less is less is actually what everybody has genuinely said this is what it needs to look like. Mm. But there's no formula that people have followed to make a cause easily monetizable. I mm. think they've all said oh shit it is really hard and we still Mm. struggle and that's a daily thing and it's Mm. not something that we've nailed that's really heartening no one's an expert in that area that's the cultural shift that's needed Mm. and whether that does or doesn't come out of current hiccups in our globe it'll be interesting to see but that's definitely a really strong theme and that I think kind of speaks to what we did this all for in the first place because what we were trying to do was work out how you actually find balance in the world that we actually live in while we still hold on to our sense of integrity and values but without compromising joy and everybody's facing those challenges and so maybe the outtake of that is that to be human would be actually the best gift any of us could give ourselves because then we're accepting of the foibles and the challenges and the internal struggles and the you know the mind knots and those sorts of challenges that are very real for everybody and you know we asked a few people early on what they wouldn't share on Instagram and I guess that really I don't really care what they do or don't share on Instagram but what I was really saying was you know how many of us are performing and how many of us aren't so I think maybe we will look at doing a series around uh, what people and you said it earlier what people really are not what their job is not what the world sees them as but who they are so that's sort of a series to come Finding peace through engagement and action of any size as well has stuck out Mm. because people have 
that we've interviewed, I think, have come to that conclusion that there's never enough that one can do, but the sense of enough can come from just doing something Mm. and thinking, yep, that's about my bandwidth, that's about my capacity, and I'm glad that at least my hands are dirty. Yeah, yeah, and it it can change. Mm -hmm. That was the other thing. I think people have all started somewhere and now they're somewhere quite different. So there is a is a, a really winding path that everybody ends up on somewhere, somehow, as they kind of get back to a place that gives them a sense of purpose. Yeah. And no one's badgering anyone either. Nobody has said, mm. I bring people on board by lecturing them at the dinner table. Mm. Everyone just leads by example. Mm. So that's yeah, yeah. Nice I thing. tried to lecture mm. someone I nearly went to at a supermarket once and Charlie said to me, if you even have this conversation, you know better than anybody that people don't change by being lectured. Yeah. So that, yeah, that's good, been really good to hear everybody say. Yeah, they don't even try it. They just do their thing. Lead by example. make it look good. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. And make it look like life is still rich and abundant and wondrous and magic and yeah. and special for them even though there is a sense that they're going without something. But maybe what we're better off doing is just finding the simplest, most joyful ways to build ideas and communities and kindness yeah, maybe it is really truly that simple and, and looking at the sunshine and, you know, getting to know your magpies and going for morning walks in the hills mm-hmm. or around the block if you live in Northcote. <laughs> right, we're all done. Thanks for joining us. And if you're on a podcast bender, jump straight into our next episode with Sadie Cressman and another one with Rebecca Sullivan. So much content. See you next week.